Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. Because the dream that God gives you is no normal dream. It's something supernatural. And if God said it, he meant it. If God said it, he can provide it. If God said it, he can fulfill it. You hold on to the dream. It's not just some average dream when God gives you a dream. But it is a fulfillment of his plan and his desire for your life. one thing that can stop the dream from being fulfilled in your life and that is if you step out of the will of God but if you walk with God if you stay true to God if you're faithful like Joseph was faithful you can be in a pit and it won't stop the dream amen you can be in a prison and it won't stop the dream you can be lied upon and it won't stop the dream you can be accused and it cannot stop the dream because this dream is no ordinary dream Genesis chapter 37, if you grab your Bible, so great, so honored to have all of our visitors with us today. If this is your first time here, we are so glad that you took a Sunday and decided to share it with us. God bless you. Why don't we give our visitors a hand clap of welcome today. Amen. Amen. We're so thankful that you're here and hope that you feel the presence of the Lord in this place. Genesis chapter 37, verse 1. Probably my favorite character, if I had to pick one, I'd probably preach more about Paul than any other other character in the Bible, any other person that was ever in the history of the Bible. But if I had to pick one person that I I kind of really um, am drawn to and admire, it would have to be Joseph. And uh, that is going to be our topic today, talking about a little bit of Joseph's life. You know, it wasn't always easy, and... There were some ups and downs that he had to face. But the one thing I really like about Joseph is he never wavered. If you look at, at the things that took place, the ups and downs, he, w- he was solid. He was faithful all the way through. And there's something that God is drawn to about faithfulness. Something that God so admires about faithfulness. There's a power in being faithful. Genesis 37, verse 1, I'm going to read five verses. And Jacob dwelt in the land wherein his father was a stranger, in the land of Canaan. These are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brothers. And the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and with the sons of Zilpah his wife's, his father's wife's, and Joseph brought unto his father their evil report. Now Israel, which was Jacob, called him Jacob in verse 1, verse 3, the writer of this writes his name that the Lord gave him, begins to call him Israel. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children. Because he was the son of his old age. And he made him a coat of many colors. And when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. Verse 5 says, And Joseph dreamed 
a dream. And he told it his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. Just when they thought they couldn't despise Joseph any more than they already did, Joseph goes and pulls a stunt that makes them despise him even more than they originally despised him. Joseph dreamed a dream. He tells his brothers about the dream that he dreamed, and they hated him with an intensity. Sometimes a dream from God will cause those around you to despise you if it's a dream from God. But I want to preach on the subject this morning, no ordinary dream. No ordinary dream. Would you lay your Bibles down? Let's just go to the Lord in prayer for the next few moments. Let's listen to what the Lord has to say, his direction for this congregation today. Dear, Dear Jesus, we thank you, God, for the presence we feel in this place. Anoint us now, God. Not just to give the word, but to receive the word. God, we've already spoken of the ground, God, and our heart is that ground today. Our spirit is that ground. Let that ground that the seed falls on today be good ground where things can grow. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated today. Can anybody agree with me that dreams are a strange thing? There are strange things. Has anybody ever had a, a strange dream? I think, I think most of you've probably had dreams that you can't talk about. They're so weird and so abnormal. And you're like, man, if that's really what's going on inside my head, I don't, I don't even want to delve into that. It, it's, it's, it's way out there. Uh, dreams are a strange thing. And, you know, they really haven't wrapped their minds around. They really, with all of their research, haven't figured out what the purpose of dreams are, what causes them, you know. There's a lot of things that they still don't understand about why a human being dreams. Who can say why we dream the things that we dream? Dreams are simply stories and images that our minds create while we're asleep. Sometimes they make sense, and sometimes they don't make sense. Sometimes I can wake up from a dream and I can feel refreshed, and other times I wake up from a dream and I may feel exhausted. Sometimes I may wake up from a dream and, 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 and have a total understanding of maybe not why I had the dream, but it, it was a dream that seemed to make sense, and other times it was so chaotic and so bizarre that I, I don't even know where a dream like that could have come from. Here's some Uh, Fast facts on dreams from medical news today. Here's fact number one. We may not remember dreaming, but everyone is thought to dream between three and six times per night. Can you believe you got that much going on while you're asleep? There's a lot of things going on in the mind as it relaxes and it tries to get rested. Number two, it is thought that each dream lasts between 5 and 20 minutes. Around 95% of dreams are forgotten by the time a person gets out of bed. And to that, I, I wonder how, 
if you forgot, how, how do you know that you forgot it? You know, I, I can't figure out how they come up with some of these statistics, but they're smarter than I am. And so, uh, so I understand by what they understand that, that oftentimes we only remember a very small portion of maybe what's been going on in our brains during the course of a night's sleep. The fourth thing is dreaming can help you learn and develop long-term memories. Kind of interesting. Sometimes uh, there, there's some thoughts out there that says that, that it actually uh, helps your brain develop and helps your brain rest and you work out certain situations. There's some psychoanalysis that's going on inside while you're sleeping and dreaming helps with some of that. That's, that's some of the thought process out there about dreams. It's things that are way beyond my way of thinking. I don't understand it. I just know that it happens. Another fact is blind people dream more with other sensory components compared with sighted people. I think that's rather interesting. Dreams are just something that, that uh, movies have been made about. Dreams are something that, that lives have been built about. Dreams have a, a certain power over us to drive us sometimes in, in directions or even wake up. I've woke up before, you know, from a, a terrible dream with tears streaming down my face because I, I lost somebody that I loved in this dream only to wake up and realize it was all just a bad dream but it, it, it messed with my emotions it dealt with my psyche and and during the course of sleep even though it wasn't a reality it felt so real to me that it caused me to have certain emotions on the outside of my body hard to understand there's so much that remains unknown about dreaming which frustrates me because I'd kind of like to know why I dream some of the things that I do wouldn't you? I mean, I'm sure you can go on uh, some webpage someplace and they can, they can tell you, well, if you're dreaming like this, it means this. They don't really know. I mean, they might have a slight handle on it. But, uh, you know, I, I think, why does some of the things happen in my mind? Why do I dream some of the things that I dream? Uh, it was about a week ago, and I told my wife about this and, and a handful of other people because uh, it was strange, uh, a dream that I had. Uh, I was trying to get away from some unknown, unseen force. And most of us have had dreams like that, I imagine, where you're, you're running from something, you know, and you're running as fast as you can, but it's in slow motion, you know, one of those things. You, you know, or you're running, you're not going anywhere, everything's standing still, and you just, or your legs are so heavy, or, and you just can't hardly seem like you can get away. And, and this was, in my dream, I was trying to get away from some unknown force. I didn't see it, I didn't know what it was, but I felt fear as I was running down this dirt path that winded through a wooded area. And you're probably asking the question right now, well, what seems so strange about that? That that's, We've all had that dream before. You know, we've all had those dreams where we're fearful and we're, we're trying to get away from something. Well, that was the normal part of my dream. From there, it gets kind of bizarre. Because my getaway vehicle was not a fast car. It was not a motorcycle. I wasn't even running. But I was on a unicycle on this dirt path going down through this wooded area trying to get away from this dark unknown force that was chasing me. Now, I don't ride a unicycle. 
And this was no ordinary unicycle. If that wasn't weird enough, it gets even stranger from that. This, this unicycle did not have pedals on it that you pedal with your feet, but it was powered by a, a water spray bottle that you pumped and you sprayed water out of it. And, and the mist kept getting back in my face. I kept, you know, trying to see through the mist and I was just pumping 90 miles an hour. You know, I was a thousand pumps a second, you know, trying to get away from this unknown thing. And I woke up, my forearm was all cramped up. I was probably doing this uh, in my sleep you know and the only thing that I got out of that dream was when I woke up I really wanted to learn how to ride a unicycle <laughs> that dream was not from God just in case you were wondering <laughs> I woke up exhausted just so we understand today, not every dream is from the Lord. God created us to dream. God created our mind for whatever purpose. God created us to be like that. But not every dream is a dream from God. We got to learn to differentiate. But I have had dreams, and so has my wife and others that are here that, that have been undeniably, unmistakably a God-given dream because they touch you in such an unmistakable way that when you awake, you know that God has just put something inside of you, whether it be a knowledge or a promise or perhaps a warning, whatever. You just know that he has orchestrated what you needed to know because it was no ordinary dream. It left you with an effect. It left you with an impression. It left you with a new way of thinking. And you woke up that day knowing that you had heard from God. Yes. Joseph had it both good and bad. Joseph had a dream that was no ordinary dream. Joseph had a dream that created a lot of heartache, a, a lot of heartbreak, a lot of troubles in his life. He had it both good and bad, and that just seemed to be the story of his life. If you read the whole story through in Genesis, it'll tell you where Joseph started out, you know, being the father's favorite, and that was good except for that it caused his brothers to hate him. He received a special gift from his dad, but it caused him grief from those that were jealous of his relationship with his father. Anybody ever felt like that when you're living for God and all of a sudden you, you just fall in love with your heavenly father and you've, uh, you've decided to dedicate yourself to him and you do everything you can to be his favorite, everything that you can to please your father and you look around and you expect everybody else to understand what's going on in you, what's going on in the changes of your life and how you just fall in love with God and yet they'll look around and they get jealous of what God is doing inside of you. Not everybody is going to be your fan when you fall in love with your heavenly father. Now, I believe that Joseph, being a young man, probably had a, a few faults. I mean, he wasn't perfect. If you caught it in the text, you can see where he was out in the field. He's out working with some of his family, and he sees some things that he knows daddy's not going to approve of. He's with the family members and they're out working, but I guess 
maybe they were doing some things that they shouldn't have been doing, or at least Joseph didn't think that they should be doing them. And so Joseph runs home to his father, and he snitches on his family. That's what he did. Not a good way to make friends. Not a real good way to start off. But Joseph's relationship, listen to this. Joseph's relationship with his father meant more than his relationship with his brothers. And if we can take that as an example, amen, we can find ourselves in a place where nothing else matters except for pleasing the Father. Amen, I'm not going to try to please my friends. I'm not going to try to please my family. I'm certainly not going to try to please the world that's around me that doesn't understand me. But at the end of the day, if my Father is happy with my outcome, if my Father is happy with our relationship, then I'm happy with Him. His relationship with me is more important to me than any other relationship in the world. And so his father, Jacob, or Israel, he openly shows his approval for Joseph and his loyalty. And he has him a coat of many colors made up, and he puts it on his son. And this separates him from the other brothers. This shows the other brothers that, hey, what I've done that you've disapproved of has, has granted me favor with my father. And his father puts that coat on his son, not realizing that it's going to ostracize him even more, that it's going to make them hate him even more, that it's going to separate him from his brothers even more. And hatred enters the picture. But God spoke to Joseph. As a young man, I love that scripture that says, let no man despise thy youth. Let no man despise thy youth. I'm telling you, young people, 12, 13, 14, 16, 17, 18, all in through there, don't let anybody tell you you can't do a work for the Lord. Don't tell, let anybody tell you that you're not important to the kingdom of God. Don't tell anybody, let anybody tell you that you can't witness, that you can't win somebody in your high school, in your grade school, that you can't be effective in the church. God can anoint a young person every bit as much as he can adore, uh, anoint an adult or an elder in the church. God can use our young people. So God speaks to Joseph through a dream, and this dream was anything but ordinary. Now, I don't know if Joseph didn't understand how badly that he was disliked, or he maybe he just didn't care. You know, brothers, we don't really care what our brothers think about. We care about what our friends think about us. But sometimes if there's a little rift between brothers, we just like to gig it just a little bit more. You know, we just, we just like to let them know. And maybe Joseph thought, well, you know what? You guys don't like me anyway, so I'm just going to strut this coat out in front of all y'all and show you that daddy paid me off a little bit. It's worth being a snitch on you guys. You know what? They should have been doing the job right in the first place. And it's just like the world to take the good ones. I meant to point at you when I said the good ones. Just like God to take the good ones that are doing things right and let the world turn it around and try to make you feel like you're the one in the wrong. Don't you let them do that to you. You keep pleasing your heavenly father. You keep doing the right thing. Amen. Joseph didn't care. He tells them the dream about how his brothers were bowing down before him. He said, I had this dream last night, boys. He said, and in my dream, we were all out in the field. 
and we were all uh, we were all binding the sheaves. We were cutting down the, the sheaves and we were putting them together and binding them and we were laying them down on the ground so that the cart could come by or what, however they moved them and transported them. The cart could come by and pick up the sheaves and take them back. And he said, when all of a sudden, my sheave that was laying down on the ground stood up. My sheave stood up and all y'all's sheaves bowed down before my sheave. And they recognized it for what it was. Joseph was saying, y'all going to bow down before me one day. I'm father's favorite. I'm the one that is going to be used. I'm the one that God speaks to. But instead of them having a spiritual mindset and saying, you know what? Maybe God is doing something here. No, they let that hatred turn into a murderous jealousy in their hearts. And they started to devise a plot against him. Fuel to the fire. Way to go, Joseph. As if they didn't hate you already. Now they want to kill you. The hatred that they had for you, at least they tolerated you. At least you didn't have to lock your door at night to make sure they didn't come in and do away with you. But now they want to completely annihilate you. Your own brothers. Joseph is headed down to check on the brothers. His dad sends him and said, go, go check on them. They're out in the fields. Pride's like, go, go see what you can find on them. I'll make sure that they're going to. I know you'll tell me, Joseph. You're going to come back and rat them out. If they're not doing things the right way, you'll let me know, and I'll straighten it out with them. So he sends Joseph down to the field to check on his brothers. And his brothers see him from a distance off. And, and the Bible says that as they saw him far away on his way to them, they began to devise a plan to destroy him. Genesis 37, 18, when they saw him, even before he came near unto them, they conspired against him to slay him. They were going to kill him. They had murder in their heart. And they said one to another, behold, here's, here's what tells me the kicker. The dreamer cometh. The dreamer cometh. We were able to tolerate him until he started having these dreams. Now come, therefore, let us slay him and cast him into some pit. And we will say some evil beast has devoured him. And we shall see what, we, what will become of his dreams. There's some folks out there that would like you to never Never get your dreams that God has given you fulfilled. God has a plan, not just for life, but for abundant life to his people. God said it in his word, whether you ever dream it or not, God has big plans for you. God has given you the ability to dream of a life that is beyond any life that you could comprehend on your own. But when God gives you a dream, don't you let anything strip you of that dream. Amen. Because the dream that God gives you is no normal dream. It's something supernatural. And if God said it, he meant it. If God said it, he can provide it. If God said it, he can fulfill it. You hold on to the dream. It's not just some average 
average dream when God gives you a dream, but it is a fulfillment of his plan and his desire for your life. He said, here he comes. Let's figure out how to do away with him. Let's figure out, because if we can destroy Joseph, we can destroy his dream. We won't have to deal with the dreamer anymore. Might have worked too. If Joseph had dreamed a pepperoni pizza dream. But something about this dream was different. Something about it, Joseph knew. Now, whether he should have said it at the moment that he said it, I don't know. Maybe that was him jumping ahead of God's plan. I really don't know. Maybe it was never to be something that was spoken to his brothers, but I got a feeling that the, the plan doesn't, doesn't matter, didn't matter what was going to take place in his life. If they hadn't have sold him, if they had loved him, God will still worked out the plan all the way through. It might have been a different uh, storyline that we would be reading today, but, but God's fulfillment of his dream, his purpose in Joseph's life would have been fulfilled. Maybe if Joseph had dreamed that he was being chased through the woods on a one-legged camel powered by a water bottle dream, maybe then his brothers would have fulfilled their desire to kill him. <laughs> if he was dreaming stuff like that, they might have had a reason to. I don't know. Maybe their plans would have succeeded. The problem was for them this was no ordinary dream. This was a supernatural prophetic dream that God had given a 17-year-old young man, a man who relished his uh, relationship with his father, who God saw something inside of this young man that was worth salvaging, something worth investing in, something that he could fulfill his plans in this young man. Listen to me right now. When God gives a dream, there is nothing that can destroy it. Amen. The doubters in your life can't keep God's dream that he's given you from being fulfilled. Family members can't stop it from taking place. The jealousy from others can't stop it. There's only one thing that can stop the dream from being fulfilled in your life, and that is if you step out of the will of God. But if you walk with God, if you stay true to God, if you're faithful like Joseph was faithful, you can be in a pit and it won't stop the dream. Amen. You can be in a prison and it won't stop the dream. You can be lied upon and it won't stop the dream. You can be accused and it cannot stop the dream because this dream is no ordinary dream. Your dream may seem foolish at the time that God gives it to you, but rest assured, if you stay the course, it'll come to pass. It'll happen. I've seen it with my own eyes, how God has provided something. My wife came to me several years ago, disturbed by a dream that she had that she knew was from the Lord. God gives her insight into certain situations. And when she spoke it to me, you know, I, I understood it for what it was. I said, you're right, that, that is not, that was the Lord sending a message. It's not foolish. When God gives you a dream. But most of the time there's a lot of ups and downs. 
in between the giving of the dream and the fulfillment of the dream. And that's where so many get lost. We start looking at things and saying, well, I thought it would work out different than this. I thought that I thought it would be different than this. I didn't realize I was going to have to deal with this. God, have you forgotten your promises to me? Hey, man, don't you ever think one single time that God ever forgets a single promise because his word says that they are yea and that they are amen. They're already settled. Noah's hammering away. He knows what he heard. That's been 80 years ago now. He knows that the voice was the voice of God and the instructions were from God because it was no ordinary meeting. But for a hundred years, Noah's sawing and pounding away and nobody comes to help him out. He's got his sons and their wives and his wife. You would think that if folks really believed in what was going to take place, if they really believed what Noah was preaching, that they would that they would jump on board and they would pick up their own hammer and bring their own saws and come and help because you just never know when that first drop of rain would hit. But see, that never happened before. And so instead, instead of climbing on board and listening to the man of God as he preached the word of God about something that was going to happen that had never happened before they ignored him they made fun of him and they ridiculed him and at any point Noah could have said you know what this has been a 75 80 90 95 year process we've got this thing almost done now and still not one single drop of rain. God, do you know how tired and how weary I am of listening to all the ridicule, all the jokes that are being made about me? Do you know how foolish I look? Noah looked foolish up until the first raindrop fell. saw a funny sign the other day it said stupidity and ingenious are very similar the only difference is genius does have limits stupidity doesn't <laughs> I get it we don't really fit in what we're building is different than everybody else is investing in. What we're trying to do is not about self, it's about kingdom. Yes. What we're trying to do is not build up our own empire. What we're trying to do is build up the one we serve's kingdom. Yes. And it doesn't fit the status quo way of thinking of the world. Because they're all thinking about the here and the now. They're all thinking about things that they have in their hands or what they can get in their hands that will one day disintegrate into nothing. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. Foolish. Why don't you just bow like everybody else? Come on. Everybody else is doing it. 
Won't you bow your knees and save us all a lot of grief, a lot of heartache, a lot of trouble? Not to mention, you know, we're already slaves here. We're already not in charge, but you've been given favor. Why are you going to go and blow that? They said, because we care more about the favor of our one true and living God than we care about the favor of man. And you can do whatever you want to us. You can destroy us. You can kill us. You can ridicule us. You don't have to understand us. And we may not survive that fire. We know that God can make it happen, but even if he doesn't, we're going to be out of your hands one way or the other. Today is a day of release. Today is a day of freedom one way or the other. And you know when they were walk, walking them towards that fire furnace that everybody that was standing around looking at them being marched said if they'd have just agreed to do what everybody else is doing. If they'd have just been willing to fit in just a little bit more. Now, look what's going to happen. The fools are going to lose their life. And they looked foolish until the king looked down in the fire and said, I thought we only put three, and I see fourth, and the fourth is as the Son of Man. And all of a sudden, it changed everything. And Joseph seemed foolish. Until the day that his brothers were bowing down before him as second in charge of the whole land of Egypt. The day that the dream became the reality. There are days when heaven seems so far away. There are days when we suffer through things and we deal with things in this life and we ask ourselves, it would be so much easier just to give in, walk away, and forget this dream. I'm going to ask them if they would bring that, that model church back in here. What we're doing today, the dream that we've started, just so you know, it'll have its enemies. Not everybody will be happy. There will be spirits and forces that will try to come against this. It's going to have its challenges. It'll have its uncertainties. There may be even moments when we look at everything and it seems to be an impossibility. Like today. <laughs> Where we're sitting here and it's just the beginning. We're taking a seed and we're planting it into the soil and we're going to step back and watch the miracle. We're going to have to have faith that something's going to come from what we're planting. There's people in this place today that have had dreams about the future of this church. It's impacted them in such a way that they, they could, some of them called me on the phone and said, you've got to hear about the dream I had last night. I've never forgotten, I don't believe, a single 
a single one that somebody's come up to me because God's given me my own dream. And your dreams tie in with mine. And there's been times when I've wondered, God, how can this happen? I mean, I'm doing everything that I can. We've checked on properties. We've looked at church swaps. We've tried to rent out other facilities. We, we, we've done And God has said, no, 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 no. And every time I'm thinking, you know what? what what's going on here? Why, why is this not coming to pass? I, I know what I felt. I know what I saw. I know what I heard. If I could play it for you, I've saved it. It's back on the answer machine. It was on a Tuesday morning. I was so frustrated. I came to men's prayer. And I was crying out to the Lord. I said, God, I've done everything I know to do. What in the world are we going to do? I'm feeling this pressure. I just feel like something needs to. And I'm, I'm, I'm just looking for something to take place. God, give us point us in the right direction or something you know just give me something to hold on to I'm tired of rehashing the same old dream I need a little bit of something to go along with the dream only to realize later that the answer was already there on the answer machine from the night before of another pastor in town that said hey we own the house right next door to your church and we were wondering would you be interested in buying this piece of property from us? And I thought, isn't that just like you, God? You got the answer before I had the question. It was already there the night before I knelt down. In my, we get so frustrated over things that God already has his hands upon. We get so bent out of shape thinking, God, you need me to push you along here. You take my hand. I'll drag you where I need you to go. And God said, I've already got it taken place. I've already got it in place for you. I've already got it handled. The answer is already there. Don't give up on the dream. The beautiful thing about the story of Joseph is the dreamer became the salvation to the ones who tried to destroy him. I'm, what I want to do today is I would like for us to gather around as many as could. This is a small replica, small model of basically what the new facility will look like when God is finished and I just wonder if today if we could come to the realization that even that we're not just building this for us we're building for those who are right now against us and I'm not saying that everybody's against us I, I think there's a lot of folks that, that have fallen in love with this idea and, and they, but, but it will have its enemies it will have its problems this is for those who at this point, this stage, might not see the fulfillment of the reality of the dream today, but will one day benefit and find salvation in these doors. Even the ones that try to destroy the dream, when the dream was fulfilled, found salvation Thank you for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. 
You can follow this podcast for more great episodes from the Landmark family. If you are ever in our area, our doors are open on Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Thank you once again for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. God bless.